Good morning. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. Joining me in the studio, I have City Assembly Member Wade Bryson. Wade, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, that is the hat that I'm wearing right now, City Assembly Member. Thank you for that. All right. Now, Wade, the big topic I want to hit with you is you had the listening session about the Juno Douglas crossing proposals last night. How'd that go? It went phenomenal. Um, I was blown away by the turnout. Um, we were getting preparations done for it. I'd had a, a brief afternoon um, discussion with the director of public works, Katie Kester. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this sunny day. Are we going to have anybody show up? I was really concerned. We'd had like three or four people sign up for Zoom testimony. And um, I was like, well, I guess I could let people talk for four or five minutes to take up the time. We were trying to figure out how we would do it. Um, so to have more than 62 people uh, participate, there were 32 people online and uh, more than 30 people in the room. And almost every single person uh, gave testimony. I had to reduce the time because we had so much uh, turnout. So we ended up uh, letting everybody have two minutes. And like the first um, listening session that CBJ hosted for the second crossing or the uh, North Douglas crossing, um, you know, it was great turnout. And we got broad perspectives, like from no build to build it all. Um, I mean, in everything in between. Um, and then last night was uh, no exception. It was broad perspectives from the very adamant build here to, hey, we want to make sure that the wetlands are cared for, that North Douglas is cared for, that we don't just cram this down the city's throat. And, um, you know, the more that we have these listening sessions, um, the more that uh, information that we can give from the city to both Dow and the state DOT, um, the better. I mean, I really feel like Juno is being heard on this project and they're taking what we're saying. And here's where I have proof of that. The first screening process eliminated the two northern options, the Mendenhall Peninsula and the tunnel at the north end of the airport, because they were trying to do something practical and those two became in the impractical category. Um, however, so many community members wanted to see that route and it got added back in. And if that's just not proof positive that they're listening to the community, I just don't know what is. I mean, they responded to our comments. That's the best that we can hope for right now. Right. And that was the Mendenhall Peninsula one that got added back. Mendenhall Peninsula with a, dare I say, a 400-foot bridge. Uh, a number got thrown around last night, half a billion, uh, $500 million for that. Um, that was That's roughly my guess for that project. Okay. And then one of my questions would then be, were there any like sort of two front runners among the options that you noticed during the meeting? It depends on the le how you'd rate that. Uh, if you took the passion in people's voice, every single option was uh, as much on the table as anything uh, from Mendenhall Peninsula to no build. People did not uh, communicate their ideas like, oh, it'd be okay if you did this or that. They're like, no, I passionately believe this is the answer. Um, man, just anecdotally, what I'm hearing 
if somehow we were able to pinpoint it and I hate to be a little premature on this, but somewhere around Lemon Creek or Salmon Creek, you seem to eliminate some of the issues. You get into a more practical project. You're still kind of on the edge of the wetlands. Um, but again, every path has an issue right now. And so there's nothing that is like a clear front runner. Everything is going to take the required second screening and the NEPA process. The Lemon Creek and Salmon Creek option are the more practical options Um, in terms of like Lemon Creek and Salmon Creek both have controlled light intersections. They have the shortest distances. Uh, They are as on the periphery of the wetlands as you can get with the exception of that Mendenhall Peninsula option. And um, the people that feel strongly about Mendenhall Peninsula really feel strongly about it. They, I mean, they can really justify why that's the right way. Um, But the same goes for the people that don't want that route. They can really answer why they don't want it to go that route. And, And when you get to Lemon Creek or Salmon Creek, you're impacting less neighborhoods. Now, I'm not saying you're not impacting neighborhoods because you are, but that those options have less neighborhood impacts. I think I'm saying that without causing heartache for anybody. That's not what I'm trying to avoid that today. We're so early in this process, Jordan. I mean, they anticipated that it would be five years before we had a yes or a no on a bridge. And we're in your the end of year one essentially so no one should panic no one should worry about their home right now if they have concerns being part of the process making sure you're testifying during these times uh in the fall end of fall early winter they will be going uh the the dow north douglas crossing group will go back out for more public comment as they complete the second screening and so they citizens are going to have uh, another opportunity to uh, to comment directly to the project team and i bet you shiny nickel jordan they'll have another opportunity to comment to the city assembly in a listening session similar to what we did last night Okay. And then when you mentioned the the Lemon Creek option and the Salmon Creek option, with that Lemon Creek option, I'm assuming you're referring to the intersection that Vanderbilt Hill. Vanderbilt Hill, sorry, yes. Okay. Vanderbilt Hill and Salmon Creek are the, I think those are the two titles of the the ones I was referencing. Okay. Because I know with the Vanderbilt, yes, there is that, that intersection right there. But then with the Salmon Creek one, that sounds like you're talking about the intersection that's like right outside the station. Yeah, over your left shoulder right there, yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And so... Neither option is perfect neither option is vetted right now they just are the ones that were the most um uh, referenced as tolerable maybe that's a good way to put it okay gotcha because i understand that the those same wetlands those are the ones that are the southeast alaska land trust has correct no No. southeast land southeast alaska land trust has conservancy conservancy land I'm saying the word wrong. I'm so sorry. Conservancy. Conservancy land. They have land that they lock up specifically to preserve it. Um, and they become trustees of that. Um, 
there, it's a mitigation strategy. And actually, that's one of the things that I think will happen is there will be more conservancy land at the end of this project, just saying that they do go ahead and build it. That's one of the ways that they can mitigate this. Jordan, I got to touch on a big topic that got mentioned more than anything else last night. The bench road. North Douglas desperately needs a bench road. Uh, the same issue that ran into Auckrec once traffic got heavy enough that it was impacting the area, they did a bench road around it so that you weren't driving through neighborhoods. North Douglas is a highway, but it's like the worst design highway ever because it has residential home driveways lining it all the way down. They would never build North Douglas the way that it is now. It couldn't be built. Everybody wants the bench road. All right, that might be too generalization. Like the majority of people want the bench road. It was very much requested last night. They And uh, the one comment that I'd have to kind of push back on a little bit is that people were requesting that the bench road be done first and then the bridge. And that's not the process that we're doing. And if they try to hold out for that, we will get neither. If we get the bridge, we will eventually get the bench road because we're moving in that direction of development. If people try to hold out for the bench road, they will not get either. And so I've gotten that from uh, people that are absolutely certain of what can and can't be done. And um, because I was pushing for the bench road, to me, that is the answer. If you put a bench road, you will leave, alleviate so many of the issues that people in North Douglas are really concerned about with the traffic and the uh, additional activities. The bench road really solves a lot of issues. However, there's not a chance that we could build a bench road unless we build the bridge. We build the bridge, bench road follows. It's literally that simple. People can say no, but it is that simple. They're not working on the bench road project right now. They're working on the second crossing. Then we can ask the DOT to work on a bench road. It's going to be $100 million if it's a, a buck, and we will need state DOT involvement to make a bench road happen. And uh, trying to tell them to do it before the bridge, which is the strategy I first employed, I was informed that that was not going to be an effective strategy it would cost both projects. Gotcha. Well, we are going to move into our break. When we come back, I'll talk to you a bit, a bit maybe a little bit more about that venture and then move into some other city topics. Yes, sir. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me still here in the studio is Assemblymember Wade Bryson. Now, we were talking Good about... Good morning. Thank you, Wade. We were talking about the crossing project and how we then moved into how having that bench road would, as you were saying, effectively kill the bridge, correct? If we really hold out for a bench road first, because a bench road is a project unto itself. Um, now, we don't want to forget about it. And we do want to keep it in mind. So that way, the bridge placement would effectively access a bench road that that is a real component of it but i've raised the bench road especially in the beginning the first like first half of the year that the pell study was going on um, i'm a member of the technical group uh, as an assembly member i'm one of the liaisons uh, myself and uh, christine wool and so that's really what i jumped on in the beginning because that's what i was hearing from the residents of douglas and as i went through that the bench road can be done but not until the bridge is done and if we hold out 
and this is a, a quote from somebody that would have some say on it. If we hold out for the bench road first, we will get neither. And so it's going to take development of the bridge, which will lead to the development of the bench road. It's that's literally how the process can work. Gotcha. And now, and that's interesting to hear. I, I, I have to admit, as someone who is maybe not as informed on kind of that level of like the infrastructure of road systems and those things. And I'm very open about the things that I don't know, because I find that it's like, if I can't be honest about what I don't know, then how could you trust me about the things that I do know? You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And so maybe just offer, at least maybe even just offering me the quick explanation of the bench road. CIP list is the best example. The city has a six year CIP list so that we're not just surprised every year when a large project comes up on it. Things get in the queue and then they get there when they have reached their time period then they get developed like that and some of these projects are multi-year projects i mean just the development to see if we can do the north douglas crossing before we would do construction is a five-year period of study and uh, logistics nepa um public uh, outreach and comment. Um, And so it just is a massive project. And so the bench road would be in that same category. You cannot snap your fingers and be like, bench road. We would have to, like I said, the process will begin. Okay, we know that we can maybe tap the bridge in right here. Now we can start to look at what would the bench road be. So before we got to the actual construction of the bridge five years from now, we could begin talking about what a bench road would look like. We just can't do it beforehand. Gotcha. Now, another big topic I wanted to hit with you, as it's something you and I have talked about many a time, is trash. Yeah, trash. I definitely spend a lot of my time talking about trash, dealing with trash, uh, recycling, uh, you know, going through those methods. Um, Yes, uh, trash is a a big topic right now. Um, We've held one work session with uh, the collections and post collections, so the the trash trucks and the, the landfill. Um, we're going to have another work session as more information is coming up. We're trying to get every all the stakeholders. So I've been asking different members of the community to, hey, let's have a conversation. What would you like to see? Um, Juno does not have a magic bullet trash solution. Even an incinerator is not a magic uh, bullet solution. It is going to take community participation is the like main thing that i've discovered what juno feels like doing with our trash is the strategy that's going to work so do we want to do more recycling do we want to get more into composting do we want to uh you know facilitate upcycling what would you like to see the city do and it's not just what you what you want the city to do but what can the city do so that you could participate in the waste stream diversion let me help you help me uh, something like that you get what i'm saying i can't decide what we're how we're going to solve trash but i can get everybody talking about what all the different options are and i can get everybody to 
tell me what they feel like what they would do like we're already recycling we can do more of that if that's what the community is going to get behind then that'll be the what the marching orders are so right now i'm in that phase of what would you really like to see here in the community and i think i've asked this question of people uh, i'm sure some people are getting tired of me asking them but it's unglamorous it impacts every aspect of our life you uh, are a component of trash with every business you uh, use, um, uh, visit or frequent. Uh, you have trash in your home. You have trash at work. No one is immune from the trash issue here in Juneau. And so it's going to take all of our efforts to make a difference. Right. And I understand a large part of that is because we're going to be needing a new dump soon-ish. 15 to 17 years. And the permitting process would begin somewhat now. And that's actually one of the things that we're looking at. What would be a location that we would do a second dump in? Could we go further up Lemon Creek? Or if you live in Creek, if you live in Lemon Creek, would that infuriate you? Um, you know, anything that we do that is more than another 10 miles away, we could be looking at a transfer station, meaning... Your trash gets picked up by a trash truck. It would go to a transfer station, get emptied. Somebody would have to then touch it again. It would have to get loaded again. Then would have to get transported only to sit in a landfill at another location in Juneau. So waste stream diversion, allowing for the longest use of our dump life, is the least expensive option that we can do moving forward. I can spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 million dollars to come up with other trash solutions, but waste stream diversion and uh, keeping our existing landfill while we're waiting for other technologies to come around. And um, that's kind of where we're at. We do have some interesting things on the table, though. Uh, we're starting to look at could we use all of our recycled or upcycled glass for uh, adding to our concrete or asphalt? It's done. What would it take to do it here in Juneau? Do we produce enough plastic recycling to make uh, plastic bricks for uh, building materials? Um, and do we have enough of it? Now, here's the cool part. If for some reason we needed more recyclable materials, the cruise industry recycles on their ship. We could take their materials if we were able to produce something here. So right now, I think everything's on the table for possibilities of how Juno handles its trash in the future. Okay. Now, you mentioning the cruise ship aspect got my brain kind of thinking here. I'm like, but wouldn't that be... A lot of that would also then be, you know, trash things coming externally that, well, still brought here because the cruise ship's going to be okay. here. Because of long-standing national laws, we cannot deny a boat to throw trash away um, against the rules. However... Because our cruise industry is a responsive cruise industry, we let them know that the more they throw away in Juno, the more it harms us. They've made a conscious effort at reducing uh, the amount of waste that uh, is offloaded. And in fact, um, I went on the Eurodam to accept a plaque on behalf of the city, um, 150 years of uh, Holland America uh, touring around the world um, and they wanted to honor uh, their partnership with Juno so while I was on the boat I took a, a 
uh, advantage of it and got a tour of their trash facility. I knew that they, it would be something different than what I'd seen before. And they don't even have a way to offload their trash in Juneau right now. That boat could not throw anything away in Juneau. So if people are worried about um, cruise industry dumping a lot of trash here, that's not the case. I mean, that boat, the Eurodam that I was on, literally did not have the logistical setup to unload trash in Juneau. So if I do need glass, we'd have to set up a, another component of that because they can't, I mean, the ship, the, the guy who's giving me the tour is like, well, we can't unload our trash in Juneau. We're not set up for it. So I don't know. Hopefully that explains some of it. I know people are really worried about the cruise industry adding to our landfill problem, and that's not the case right now. Okay, and I do think that explains a decent little bit of it. We are actually about to be out of time here, so I will end up having to give you this chair. I tell you what, we'll uh, let me get Prom Corner started. We can swap seats, and then we can talk about whatever you wanted to talk about, Jordan. I'll ask you questions. How's that? Yes, you can, you can <laughs> ask me the questions. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. And joining me still here in the studio is Assemblymember Wade Bryson. Now, we were talking Good about... Good morning. Thank you, Wade. We were talking about the crossing project and how we then moved into how having that bench road would, as you were saying, effectively kill the bridge, correct? If we really hold out for a bench road first, because a bench road is a project unto itself. Um, Now, we don't want to forget about it. We do want to keep it in mind. So that way, the bridge placement would effectively access a bench road that that is a real component of it but i've raised the bench road especially in the beginning the first like first half of the year that the pell study was going on um, i'm a member of the technical group uh, as an assembly member i'm one of the liaisons uh, myself and uh, christine wool and so that's really what i jumped on in the beginning because that's what i was hearing from the residents of douglas and as i went through that the bench road can be done but not until the bridge is done and if we hold out, and this is a, a quote from somebody that would have some say on it, if we hold out for the bench road first, we will get neither. And so it's going to take development of the bridge, which will lead to the development of the bench road. It's, that's literally how the process can work. Gotcha. And now, and that's interesting to hear, I, I, I have to admit as someone who is maybe not as informed on kind of that level of like the infrastructure of road systems and those things. And I'm very open about the things that I don't know, because I find that it's like, if I can't be honest about what I don't know, then how could you trust me about the things that I do know? You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And so maybe just offer, at least maybe even just offering me the quick explanation of the bench road. CIP list is the best example. The city has a six year CIP list so that we're not just surprised every year when a large project comes up on it. Things get in the queue and then they get there when they have reached their time period then they get developed like that and some of these projects are multi-year projects i mean just the development to see if we can do the north douglas crossing before we would do construction is a five-year period of study and uh, logistics nepa um public uh, outreach and comment. Um, and so it just is a massive project. And so the bench road would be in that same category. You cannot snap your fingers and be like, bench road. 
we would have to, like I said, the process will begin. Okay, we know that we can maybe tap the bridge in right here. Now we can start to look at what would the bench road be. So before we got to the actual construction of the bridge five years from now, we could begin talking about what a bench road would look like. We just can't do it beforehand. Gotcha. Now, another big topic I wanted to hit with you, as it's something you and I have talked about many a time, is trash. Yeah, trash. I definitely spend a lot of my time talking about trash, dealing with trash, uh, recycling, uh, you know, going through those methods. Um, Yes, uh, trash is a a big topic right now. Um, We've held one work session with uh, the collections and post collections, so the the trash trucks and the, the landfill. Um, we're going to have another work session as more information is coming up. We're trying to get every all the stakeholders. So I've been asking different members of the community to, hey, let's have a conversation. What would you like to see? Um, Juno does not have a magic bullet trash solution. Even an incinerator is not a magic uh, bullet solution. It is going to take community participation is the like main thing that I've discovered. What Juno feels like doing with our trash is the strategy that's going to work. So do we want to do more recycling? Do we want to get more into composting? Do we want to uh, you know, facilitate upcycling? What would you like to see the city do? And it's not just what you what you want the city to do, but what can the city do so that you could participate in the waste stream diversion? Let me help you help me. Uh, something like that. You get what I'm saying. I can't decide what we're how we're going to solve trash but i can get everybody talking about what all the different options are and i can get everybody to uh tell me what they feel like what they would do like we're already recycling we can do more of that if that's what the community is going to get behind then that'll be the what the marching orders are so right now i'm in that phase of what would you really like to see here in the community and i think i've asked this question of people uh I'm sure some people are getting tired of me asking them, but it's unglamorous. It impacts every aspect of our life. You uh, are a component of trash with every business you uh, use, um, uh, visit or frequent. Uh, you have trash in your home. You have trash at work. No one is immune from the trash issue here in Juneau. And so it's going to take all of our efforts to make a difference. Right. And I understand a large part of that is because we're going to be needing a new dump soon-ish. 15 to 17 years, and the permitting process would begin somewhat now. And that's actually one of the things that we're looking at. What would be a location that we would do a second dump in? Could we go further up Lemon Creek? Or if you live in Creek, if you live in Lemon Creek, would that infuriate you? Um, You know, anything that we do that is more than another 10 miles away, we could be looking at a transfer station, meaning your trash gets picked up by a trash truck. It would go to a transfer station, get emptied. Somebody would have to then touch it again. It would have to get loaded again. Then would have to get transported only to sit in a landfill at another location in Juneau. So 
waste stream diversion allowing for the longest use of our dump life is the least expensive option that we can do moving forward. I can spend 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 million dollars to come up with other trash solutions, but waste stream diversion and uh, keeping our existing landfill while we're waiting for other technologies to come around and um, that's kind of where we're at. We do have some interesting things on the table though. Uh, we're starting to look at could we use all of our recycled or upcycled glass for uh, adding to our concrete or asphalt? It's done. What would it take to do it here in Juneau? Do we produce enough plastic recycling to make uh, plastic bricks for uh, building materials? Um, and do we have enough of it? Now, here's the cool part if for some reason we needed more recyclable materials, the cruise industry recycles on their ship. We could take their materials if we were able to produce something here. So right now, I think everything's on the table for possibilities of how Juno handles its trash in the future. Okay. Now, you mentioning the cruise ship aspect got my brain kind of thinking here. I'm like, but wouldn't that be... A lot of that would also then be, you know, trash things coming externally that, well, still brought here because the cruise ship's going to be okay. here. Because of long-standing national laws, we cannot deny a boat to throw trash away um, against the rules. However, because our cruise industry is a responsive cruise industry, we let them know that the more they throw away in Juno, the more it harms us. They've made a conscious effort at reducing uh, the amount of waste that uh, is offloaded. And in fact, um, I went on the Eurodam to accept a plaque on behalf of the city. Um, 150 years of uh, Holland America uh, touring around the world. Um, and they wanted to honor uh, their partnership with Juno. So while I was on the boat, I took a, a, a advantage of it and got a tour of their trash facility. I knew that they, it would be something different than what I'd seen before. And they don't even have a way to offload their trash in Juno right now. That boat could not throw anything away in Juno. So if people are worried about um, cruise industry dumping a lot of trash here, that's not the case. I mean, that boat, the Eurodam that I was on, literally did not have the logistical setup to unload trash in Juno. So if I do need glass, we'd have to set up a, another component of that because they can't, I mean, the ship, the, the guy who's giving me the tour is like, well, we can't unload our trash in Juno. We're not set up for it. So I don't know. hopefully that explains some of it. I know people are really worried about the cruise industry adding to our landfill problem, and that's not the case right now. Okay, and I do think that explains a decent little bit of it. We are actually about to be out of time here, so I will end up having to give you this chair. I tell you what, we'll uh, let me get Prom Corner started. We can swap seats, and then we can talk about whatever you wanted to talk about, Jordan. I'll ask you questions. How's that? Yes, you can, you can <laughs> ask me the questions. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY.